Religiosanity episode 80. Yes. Back with Pastor Andrew. Nothing going on in the world right now, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh that that's an uh that's a bitter laugh uh of course uh, you know since we talked uh there is a major war going on in europe and uh, we skipped uh, one recording day we record on thursday last uh, thursday because that was just as it started it started overnight i did not have much uh, sleep uh, the time difference is seven or eight hours, depending uh, where you are here, whether in Moscow time or Kievan time. And uh, it's it's seriously upsetting, but we are religious sanity, so let us look at the religious uh, dimension of that. And uh, I'm really quite upset the way the Russian propaganda is portraying it. It is just outrageous lie of saying that uh, Ukrainians were always Russians mm -hmm. and that they are not a nation and they don't have any state legitimacy and looking at it from religious point of view uh, Ukrainians are like by several centuries older than uh, Moscow, Russia. Yes, the, it was called uh, Kievan, Kievan Rus, but uh, that was its own entity. And it was the first uh, Christianized nation in that area. And uh, Russian Rus, you know, or Moscow Rus, or however you want to call it, uh, Grand Duchy of Moscow, uh, came around like one, two, three four, five, five centuries later mm. or something like that. So it is like, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to describe. So the, the, the true Christianity, uh, Orthodox Christianity uh, in among the Slavs, for instance, uh, and so on, of course, started with great uh, Moravian duchy, you know, or principality, that's my homeland. Then mm -hmm. Cyril and Methodius came there and brought that Cyrillic script. Uh, they started to design it for Balkan Slavs, but then they first implemented or tried to implement that uh, in, uh, in Moravia, Greater Moravia, which was uh, like a princely state in and around today's Moravia, which is an eastern part of Czech Republic. Um, that was an attempt of Orthodox Eastern Christianity, kind of bring missionaries to the Central Europe. Mm -hmm. 
then they were overshadowed by the Western Christians coming from Germany and from uh, Irish, uh, Irish Scottish missionaries coming and, and br uh, bringing the Western Christianity there. And with that also Latin script rather than, uh, you know, that Asbuka, you know, or uh, Slavic script. But soon after that period, or around that time, really, um, Vikings and Slavs who resided in today's Ukraine and Belarus accepted Christianity also. Uh, that was uh, Saint Vladimir uh, in Kiev, really. And... Uh, that's the beginning of uh, that Kievan Rus. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it was there already, you know, and there was a Novgorod and, and so on. Uh, those were settlements, trading posts uh, of uh, Vikings mm. <laughs> traveling along the rivers there mm. uh, from Scandinavia and mixing and ruling over the local Slavs and mixing and, and creating kind of a very, very interesting hybrids, you know. So, for instance, Vladimir uh, sounds very, uh, very, uh, very Slavic name, unless you pronounce it Valdemar, <laughs> which is the same name, you know. <laughs> right. And no one really knows whether Vladimir was the first and Voldemort was translation <laughs> of it, or Voldemort was the first and Vladimir was <laughs> translation of it, or you know, uh, appropriation for it uh, of mm -hmm. it of for another language. So, and both are like translatable, or that folk etymology is there mm -hmm. for both languages. Mm -hmm. You know, different, but. <laughs> Uh, that's that, that that's uh, so that that's the beginning of the Kievan Rus. And by that time, uh, Moscow was really forest. And uh, only later became like a small princely state. And uh, in like fourteenth century. Mm. So here we were talking about 9th and uh, 10th century with Kievan Rus yeah. and the beginning of it. Establishment of the Kiev as, as a city or something like that would be datable to uh, like 9th century. Maybe there was some other settlements earlier there uh, and... Uh, Christianization of Kievan Rus is dated around 988. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's... Uh, and uh, Grand Duchy of Moscow is like the end of 14th century, you know, or something like that. Maybe again there, there was some kind of a small hamlet or something. But... Uh, so that tells you that it is like several centuries apart. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly, that is similar to the troubles uh, which were present in uh, Yugoslavia or with the Serbs, because 
Serbian nation also started in Kosovo, you know, or Christianization of Southern Slavs happened through Kosovo, but then it moved into Serbia proper with Belgrade uh, as a capital, and uh, Kosovo became different state, different religion, um, ruled by Muslims. Wow. And that was all that fighting, or some of that fighting, which was happening towards the end of Yugoslav wars, you know, or uh, Balkan, Balkan wars, uh, th those Kosovan wars. And uh, here you have something similar. You know, the cradle, religious and, uh, say, national cradle, is in Kiev, without doubt. But then, like, and granddaughter or something like that sets up the, its household in, in Moscow, creates an empire. Yeah. And meanwhile, Kiev is ruled by different other yeah. uh, entities like uh, Polish and Lithuanian uh, Commonwealth and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and then... Uh, out of this history, they they claim that they have a right of ruling over that uh, original. It's almost like mythology. Yeah. You know, it's it's history, but you know, since then, uh, so many centuries passed. Right. That you you and and so many things changed in the lives of people and the society and the culture and and religion. And here we are coming back because. Uh, as they were ruled, uh, those living on the territory, especially of uh, Western Ukraine, but all the way through Kiev, uh, they were ruled by Poles, the, by Polish uh, state. And uh, during that period, many adopted or kind of came into union, those Orthodox churches came into union with Rome. And uh, so they kept uh, Orthodox liturgy. They kept uh, Slavonic language in worship, mm -hmm. for instance. Their priests, like Orthodox priests, can be married but they were Roman Catholic. That's a Roman Catholic Church of Eastern Rite. Catholic Church has two different rites. One mm -hmm. is Western Rite, which until Vatican II uh, was uh, Latin. And then they had an Eastern Rite, uh, which was uh, in a Slavonic language. And they, they respect Pope and, and so on. So even religiously, they are like westernized. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yes, uh, then, you know, when interestingly, when communists took over, they were actually as, as much as they were <laughs> atheists, supposedly, or, you know, they were uh, an anti-religion. They were still pushing their orthodox Russian Orthodox mm. Orthodox Church against this uh, uh, church in union with Rome. Mm. 
And that tells you, you know, I'm constantly saying that, you know, Russian communists were not really communists per se. That that communism, like from Marx or something like that, really did not that matter too much for them. Maybe for Lenin, but from Stalin on, communism was just a vehicle for Mm -hmm. their imperialism, for Mm -hmm. their hunger for power. Uh, rather than anything else and you know should they push their orthodox religion why not you know let us use it or when they were really being crushed by the germans uh, suddenly uh, stalin started to acknowledge and use the support uh, spiritual and ideological support of orthodox church uh, during the world war ii you know, it ended relatively shortly afterwards, but um, the, the, it tells you that in communism, in the Russian Empire, was really just an ideological vehicle. Religiously, for yeah. instance, because uh, that they should be atheists or agnostics, at least, you know, but when it suited them they will mm-hmm. use it you know mm-hmm. and and uh and politically or socially also they officially cared for working class but in reality they really did not give much uh sorry i will not use the <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, expletive word here, uh, <laughs> yeah. about the workers or farmers yeah. Uh, they kept them enslaved. They actually turned back clock because people were uh, almost like serfs under Tsar, under communists. Mm. People in the villages, for instance, could not go to another county without permission. They could not travel. Wow. You know, if you were like from the city and, and so on, you had a little bit more freedoms. Uh, but they had even, um, how would you call them? Uh, they were external passports and they were internal passports, you know, or bumashka, they call it. <laughs> you know, that means a paper with a stamp on mm-hmm. it, you know, which gave you permission to travel. And that had to be approved by, you know, apparatchiks. Uh, if you wanted to go from one, one county to another, almost. And, and so that was the turning back clock, uh, really, you know. And so no, uh, uh, no one is surprised that people just don't want to go back to these kind of times. Uh, and especially if you tested some of the freedoms and, and so on. So, but we, we digressed a lot, uh, returning back to religion. So... Uh, Uh, that's a a religious landscape there, which is different from classical Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, uh, People might not recognize it on the first sight, but there are uh, substantial differences, you know, uh, in in a church hierarchy, uh, keeping similar language, keeping some almost identical liturgy, when you come into those churches, they will look similar. They'll have iconostas, you know, icons there and, and, and so on. But uh, 
they still are different. Uh, it might not come to Putin's, you know, it's be below his understanding. You know, mm -hmm. he cannot make those distinctions because they are too small for him. Say, but uh, that's that's. Uh, that's that religious background, you know, and and they had different part of the history because they were, as I said, part of the uh, Polish-Lithuanian uh, Commonwealth. Uh, generally, that was the period when uh, uh, that was the freest uh, golden age, they call it. You know, many people settled uh, over there because there was a greatest religious freedom of all the Europe. Europe was torn apart by 30th war and so on and, and the refugees were running there mm. because they were free there. Mm -hmm. My ancestors was were running there uh, when they were persecuted by uh, Habsburgs, uh, Roman Catholic Habsburgs uh, on the territory of Bohemia. They went to Poland and Ukraine was part of the Poland. Uh, Jewish people were migrating there and settling. That's the beginning of... Uh, they started much earlier than that, but, uh, you know, they, they considered that to be uh, a golden period of, of toleration. Uh, mm. Copernicus, you know, was able to come up and publish uh, his uh, understanding of astronomy. Yeah. You know, while... All in many other places, he would be in great trouble, like uh, Tycho de Brahe, you know, and Giordano Bruno. Uh, he he would be persecuted for that. But over there, he was he was free. That that was a land of freedom back then, mm. and that was a formative period for for people over there. You know, that is when when that uh, shift uh, from fully orthodox into this orthodox. Uh, associated with Rome happened uh, and, and, and so on and so forth so uh, th that those roots are going deep they are associated with religion because religion is that kind of dimension which tells you about the deepest feelings of people and definitely substantial part of uh, uh, Ukrainian religious landscape is oriented west, not east. And even though who are uh, orthodox, orthodox, like Russian orthodox, uh, after the occupation of Crimea, and that was a major thing within the orthodox uh, uh, church, uh, they decided to set up uh, their own patriarch in Kiev, away from the Russian one because they they did not want to be under the head of the Moscow patriarch mm. and and this split was was a big one mm. you know I'm not following that that closely you know maybe some experts will recognize you know that the, here and there it is imprecise or I'm mm -hmm. missing that by uh, by substantial margins but because I never really paid that close attention, but I know enough about it yeah. so that I can, uh, I, I have a basic command of that. And clearly deeper 
than uh, than the head of the Russian state, you know, President Putin, who is claiming that so, Ukrainians are not a nation and yeah. they 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 belong under Russia, not under the Western uh, you know Western realm. Uh, so why I don't understand why that is so important to him that in his mind Ukraine coming back to Russia like it, it, besides of besides this historical thing that he thinks it it, it means and uh, why is he willing to you know have so much destruction to make this happen right now that that I don't get I, I think that everyone is scratching their heads uh, you know about it uh, uh, I, I mentioned uh, that communism in in Russia, you know, or in uh, old Soviet Union, was just uh, a vehicle for uh, for imperialism. Right. I, I think that this rewriting of the history is is a similar vehicle mm. for an imperialism. Mm. Uh, in in Europe generally, uh, you try to have an historical justification you know more than in america because america does not have that much of history you know or if you have history you would rather not uh, to learn it or you should but you you, you know there is nothing that uh, illustrious or bright about it you, you know like uh genociding the native population and then bringing here slaves and all these other things uh, that's nothing to be proud of mm -hmm. yeah you know so uh, uh, you know expanding the uh, domain across the continent under the manifest of destiny uh, is another dark part you know in which involves again genociding uh, Native American tribes and expelling or incorporating partly, partly expelling uh, uh, Hispanic populations uh, in the Southwest, for instance, uh, drawing borders with a ruler you know and and other things yeah. uh, that's uh, that's just but but russians have something like that much deeper and so they they think that by the, the rewriting the history they can uh, they can justify things you know that's how europeans or that's part of the justification but here he is clearly wrong and all uh, historians and and students of religion and and history know that yeah uh, of course, it is more complicated than I described just in few sentences. Uh, yeah. And and those waves and there were uh, there were Tatars, you, you know, invaders from uh, Golden Horde, you know, Mongols uh, mm -hmm. ruling over it, and you know that just don't. Uh, I I would need to research that before I will right. start talking right, about right, it right. because I I don't want to be. Completely right. wrong, but right. I know that it is turbulent. But uh, these are the just the basic outlines of that, yeah. and uh, so he 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 just wants to justify some of it with with I his see. take on the history. But uh, it is just an imperialism again. Mm -hmm. He he wants to rule over that part of the world. That's uh, one thing. The other thing is uh, people don't recognize that. Uh, uh, Soviet Union or Russia, even now, is 11 time zones. 
11 time zones. That's like from New York to India. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and you know, uh, these claims like, you, you know, we, we need to be protected and, and so on because we are fearful of our neighbors. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, yes, there were attempts to occupy which never succeeded. Swedes did not succeed. Napoleon did not succeed. Germans, you know, did not succeed. Yeah. There is no way of occupying 11 time zones. They're absolutely ridiculous. And, and I think that by now everyone knows that. It's, it's not about that. Yeah. Uh, and those 11 time zones, that is part of that Russian imperialism. Mm. They, they took it all the way to Bering Straits. They took it even beyond, but then they got really uh, bogged and, and, and they had a major uh, uh, bankruptcy on their hands. So they sold Alaska. Right. So they were even there. They, 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 were, they, they were building uh, in that the imperial, uh, how would you call it, imperial outreach, you know, or imperial grab. Grab, in yes. the imperial grab, so they had Alaska all the way to Canada. They had uh, they they were building a fortress and they were sending soldiers to Hawaii. So that tells you, 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 you know, then they uh, for internal reasons and their complete disorganization and other reasons, they simply shrank back. Mm. So they gave up Alaska, they gave up any dreams about Hawaii and, and other places. Uh, I visited that the, there is a Russian fortress on Kauai, wow. uh, <laughs> which they built. You, you, you know, the wow. Star Fortress, you know, those kind of yeah, like star yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for, for cannons. Huh. So this, no, not big, you know, it was like the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not like European star fortresses or something like that. It's, it's much smaller, but but yeah, it was there in Kauai huh. on 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 uh, eastern uh, eastern shore huh. of Kauai, huh. you know, nearby to the place where the uh, American uh, army has its barking sand uh, beaches, you, you know, where they have all the missiles, yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, and and test ranges. Uh, so, um, but returning so, back, uh, you, you know, so uh, this Russian empire from that I mentioned, Grand Duchy of Moscow, that started like a city-state. It started in uh, like the end of 14th century. And until the collapse of communism, you know, or Soviet Union, it grew yearly in average by the size of Belgium every year you know of course they were like push out and push back but when you then average at the end of uh, Gorbachev uh, Soviet Union from Grand Duchy of Moscow and paraded for years <laughs> And counting out Alaska, because that was sold. That was that mm. back and forth and expanding and shrinking a little and expanding a little more and, and so on. But if you 
prorate that per year. Per year, Russia, Moscow, Russia was expanding by the size of Belgium. That tells you, I think. Yeah. And in a in addition to that, they had all those Central European satellite states, mm. which I'm not counting in. Right. You know, like my old homeland and, and Poland and, and Hungary and Romania and Bulgaria, you know. So, right. uh, but, you know, th those are densely populated, but peanuts for them. Sort mm -hmm. of territorially, that's, that's nothing, yeah. you know, because... You know, when you compare yeah. it with with those uh, large expenses, large expenses of space, you know, so uh, so it uh, it it's more like controlling and 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 the other thing is uh, in in those years of when 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 the Ukrainians really shaken off the Russian influence after they expelled Yanukovych. Uh, in, in that revolution, um, Maidan revolution or Europe revolution, they call it. Uh, yeah, he was a puppet like Lukashenko in Belarus. Uh, mm -hmm. Yanukovych was a puppet, Russian puppet uh, in Ukraine. And, and he thought that he will do it like Lukashenko did. Uh, and uh, he, uh, uh, he just completely faked the election. And people, Ukrainian people would not have it in uh, 2013. Mm -hmm. And so they eventually, in February 2014, expelled him. They rebelled. They were rebelling through the bitter cold of winter in Ukraine. You know, and, and then Yanukovych even sent his uh, guards, you know, elite units to yeah. shoot them but they were not deterred they they were life lost lives lost uh, uh, but they expelled him and that was the beginning of uh, occupation of crimea uh, and donbas region republics and so it's and so probably on. at that point that putin was was just fuming from that point on Oh sure, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and uh, you know he is portraying himself as a religious patron, patron mm -hmm. of Orthodox religion, and it's just shameful that the church would accept that, yeah. that they would not see through it. Yeah, but they were by the communism decimated to the point that you know if they are now being uh if they are now being celebrated and supported and state is giving them money and returning uh returning the property and helping them reconstruct the churches uh, uh throughout the empire and so on and, and are allowed or even pushed forward on television and elsewhere, they feel vindicated or joyful and they don't recognize how they are being used and abused. Yeah. It's shameful. You know, and we, exactly the same thing happened in Yugoslavia. And I, 
you know, I drew that parallel between Serbia and Kosovo and, and those local communists and how they used and abused the uh, Serbian Orthodox Church for their propaganda and so on. And the same is happening in Russia now. Uh, and it's travesty, yeah. really. Because Orthodox Christianity has something to teach us. Yeah. You know, it has its own spirituality uh, and true depth of theology. But they are just making themselves absolutely unbelievable now. They, they are just tainting, let us use that word. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, now in front of the world... Orthodox Christianity, definitely the Slavic Orthodox Christianity, is tainted, compromised by this association with an rabid nationalism of Serbs and now Russians. And, and it's a tragedy. We're going to keep an eye on this. This conversation will continue, and let's hope that this conflict ends. Somehow. And with prayers for for poor Ukrainians, really, you know, who are being deprived of their spiritual background and their foundations, who are being deprived of their nationality, and who are being deprived of their state, you know, or yes. at least there are these very very forceful attempts uh, carried on the guns. Uh, and and raining from the sky in the form of missiles and bombs, uh, but in the end, you know, here uh, <laughs> that uh, Czech Reformation is coming in uh, uh, experience. Uh, you know, you cannot deny truth. Yes. And eventually, it will be victorious. Yes. So yes. Uh, you know, you can occupy, you can suppress, you can kill people. But in the end, that will not be sufficient if there is not a willing participation and eventually the truth will be victorious. Amen. Thank you.